This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hi everyone, it's Lee Salisbury. I hope you've had an amazing Christmas and I really hope you are still laid on the sofa, eating leftovers and watching Home Alone. And of course, listening to Soap from the Box, the podcast where I interview actor mates from some of the country's biggest continuing dramas. And I'm going to break it to you gently. This is the last episode of Series 1. It's a New Year special, so enjoy. This is the very last episode of season one of Soap from the Box, and I'm ending on a massive high. It's New Year in a few days' time. Christmas has been and gone. It actually hasn't, because we're recording this just before Christmas. (laughs) But my guest today is born and bred in Bolton, best known for playing Katie Sugden in Emmerdale from 2001 to 2015, and best known to me as one of my closest friends, hey. Sammy Whitworth. Hi, everyone. How hey. are you, Sammy? I was going to say, well, did you see I, saw, I put a pause in between Katie and Sugden because we've actually got a special name for Sammy. Yeah. Katie. I, I don't know if we can we actually. We can't share I don't it. We can actually share it. It might be a bit rude. It is a little bit rude. But yeah, we'll, you might gather kind of why it is later on in the podcast. But I always start with a, um, with a memorable moment, and we've got so many. On set, actually. Normally, I'm kind of struggling. But my, I think the one I picked was when we filmed you in hospital. <gasps> <laughs> and what happens to everyone listening is we cast people that are in a few episodes. And there was a doctor. You were in bed. Katie had had an accident. And you might not walk again. This was the story. And so uh, the, the director before me had cast a doctor that I then used. And the scene we did was a you you kind of went you kind of went what's it called when you stop breathing yeah i went into a coma yeah i went into a coma and the doctor had to hold the paddles that kind of get you back resuscitate me and obviously you say you say stand clear and she kept saying stand still and was waving them everywhere (laughs) and touching everyone She was waving them really, like, all around in the air, like, near Which, everyone's faces. So the, the specialists were going to be, that would actually kill everyone. Yeah, they'd be dead. They'd be dead. So like I had Katie. to keep going back on set. And then, then she had to tell Katie that she might not, you know, she might be in a wheelchair um, for a few months. So I'd said to the actress, and we obviously won't name her, that um, it wasn't the worst news. So she had to say it really positively. And yeah. she said, action. And she went, ooh. <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, I remember it, and the main reason I remember it is because obviously I knew my reaction had to be completely distraught. You know, you're not going to walk for a few months, which anyone hearing that is horrendous. But her, her the first noise was, ooh. ooh. 
and I had to try and keep a straight face. Which and I don't I think any am, of us did. I'm so bad for the giggles anyway. So having you in the room, Lee, <laughs> yeah. was a nightmare. Well, I think I was in the van, luckily for something. I remember keep, I remember having to come back on set and say to her, you know, um, right, we need to play it. Obviously, like I said, you know, like it's not the worst. Usually she went, that's how I played it. Which then set us off because then we went for another take. Okay, she said, okay, I'll do it more positive. And you went, so what's the, what's the thing? Yeah, but Ooh. what do you do, though, if you do tell an actor that? You say to do it in a different way and they go, I am doing it like that. You've got nowhere else to go. I you know. just have to leave it. And so I can't remember. It's one of those moments that then the rest is kind of blacked out because I don't know what happened. I think I might have phoned casting and said, kind of make sure that we make another person because I remember even the specialist there was like I could just do this yeah yeah I know I know exactly <laughs> but it's weird isn't it when guest artists come on because it's quite hard to fit I mean like I think I've always said to you Katie is kind of one of the hardest characters to play I think because she was very normal yeah like she wasn't a character actors actress part she wasn't no. like big and like vow or and like so many people in Emmerdale you were just having to play it normal which I think is one of the hardest things to do yeah, I think I think that you're absolutely right with that. Like, there was never real extremes as such with Katie. She was never totally wild or or anything like that. She was very real. Yeah. Um, I think, to be honest, I did bring a lot of myself to her anyway. Because you have to do that with the character. Because there's so many situations in a soap where you've never experienced or done any of those things before. So you have to go, right, what would I do in that situation? Yeah. Because... I can't go off anything else. I don't know how anyone would react or I'd react. You know, so you just have to think, what would I do? So I did bring a lot of myself to it. Well, I think well. even if you said to anyone, actually, it's probably anyone listening who even has a picture taken of them and you suddenly make, I mean, I'm the worst for this, as we know. I'm Chandler from Friends. <laughs> that something happens to me when a camera's put in front of me and I make the weirdest faces. But I always thought, you know, like my friend Karen was an extra in Emmerdale once and they said, right, you just walk across the street and suddenly you start thinking, right, how do I walk? Yeah, Karen, <laughs> Karen, Karen. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I've not seen that. Because it's like, when you start thinking about, right, how do I walk? You actually then think, right, where do I put my hands? Yeah. And like everything like that is really weird. Well, I think the thing with it being a guest, because I've done it since I've left Emmerdale where you've come on just for a small part for something and it's 10 times more nerve wracking than when you're on a show for long term. Because you know everyone... You know your character, but if you come on for a little guest part, the pressure is on. You feel like you've got to prove yourself in a day. Yeah, you know? I know. And the worst part is when you don't have that much to do or say. So it's very simple. Like you said, walking along <laughs> the like, street. Yeah. And you think, oh my God, I've forgotten how to walk. Oh my God. I and don't... then I think we've done scenes. I don't know whether you're in the pub scene when I had an extra who was just quite, who was quite deaf and he was talking really loudly in the background. And Lizzie plays Diane was like, um... Can we? And we were like, yeah, you can hear him more than you can hear you. It's oh, like, no. I know it's so good. But anyway, so we are going to get through today normally. Mm-hmm. So we speak about the soap and then about you. And this I know your dread, but it will lead us through your storylines there. It's the Katie quiz. So oh. I know. I, 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 I think they're quite easy. Okay. I'm saying that. Okay. okay. So when you join this, we'll go right back to the beginning. This will take us through. Who gave Andy, obviously Kelvin Fletcher, money to take Katie for their first date at Shea Marlon? Shea Marlon, I Shea remember Marlon, it. Shea Well, I'm assuming it was his dad, Jack. No. No. It was Kane Dingle. Kane Dingle? I know. I was quite surprised what? by that. That is, I remember the day. I remember Shea Marlon. Do you? Marlon. Shea yeah. Marlon. So where was Shea Marlon? That was, 
Oh, that was... Is that not where the cafe is now? But oh, was it? Done, I think, potentially. I mean, that name is a programme and it's a shame on <laughs> No, yeah, definite spin-off material there. And we just talked about this before we started recording and actually, like, Coronation Street, I think, is known for its matriarchal women. I think, actually, Emma does the opposite. I think it's the men, isn't it, who've stayed in it the longest and we've got, like, yeah. you've got Marlon, you've got Kane, Eric Pollard. Yeah. Really strong male characters, actually, yeah. in that show. Was it... What was it like when you joined... And suddenly face to face with Kane and Jeff and people like Mark. Well, I think I I didn't watch the show that as that much when I was little. Um, but it was always in the background. Like my grandma was an, an obsessed. She was obsessed with Emmerdale. She loved it. Because how old were you when you joined? Fifteen. Fifteen. So obviously, yeah, you fifteen. I've never been on a proper TV set as a you know and sorry as, as, an as, as a part full part as an extra work. Well, that was it. So it was a major deal for me because, again, it's your first day and you've got to prove yourself. And the worst part about it was I was dressed in the most horrendous outfit. I had fishnet top, bright orange and black striped with a tiny see-through little crop top, not see-through, the mesh was see-through, a little crop top, um, leather pants, big biker boots, big biker goggles around my neck. I think think everyone's first outfit is always nothing like the character becomes. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. Because yeah, they go like, extreme. It's yeah. like she's a biker, so they'll put you yeah. in like ev- like everything. What a professional yeah. biker. Well, Katie was um, met Andy in detention, so she was seen as a bit of a rebel. So that's what hence Those the biker leather. goggles. <laughs> but we've said before, actually, and this shows how, when I've talked to other people on this, about the times changing. Like at the time you were 15, and actually there were loads of quite scenes that I don't think would be filmed now. Like you rolling yeah. around in mud with Roxanne and like wearing bikinis and that, stuff. There's no way that would be allowed now. And I, I actually do remember, I'm not blaming anyone for this. It was just the way it was written. It was just a different world as well. But I do remember there was a, a storyline of me and Verity who played Donna and we had to, basically we were sunbathing on the farm every day for two weeks. <laughs> in Yorkshire, which cows happens all the time. In bikinis, <laughs> right? What the hell? Um, and I do, and I remember like it was very near the end of us doing those scenes. I was just about to get off the bus with Verity to film our last one. And one of the costume girls got a big towel, wrapped it round me. She said, get on the bus. You're not doing it anymore. We're all saying you can't do this. Oh, it's not good. okay and it's not right. And I don't know one was to blame for it, but now that would never, never be ever allowed. Happen. No. Right, next question. <laughs> Who did Katie, Andy, Eve, Mark, Ollie and Donna oh, kill? Miss Strickland! Yes, Jean Strickland, <laughs> who was the headmistress of the school. And I mean, I remember actually, obviously, that storyline, but within that group of people I said was Verity Rushworth, Anthony Lewis, Vicky Binns. Amazing, I suppose, to go in with a group of people your age, which doesn't often happen either. Yeah, yeah, we were brought in pretty much all at the same time. And there was another girl, Rain Davison, as well. She was another girl. Who was Eve, wasn't it? Yeah. Who's Suzanne? Is that the part I never realised? Suzanne yeah, Shorter Suzanne came took yeah. over. Yes, yeah. And um, yeah, so we, we all went in at similar times. We got our characters built up a bit and then we were thrown into the Miss Strickland story. <laughs> Which is amazing. The reason story. I remember Miss Strickland is because I must have said it as Katie a thousand times because it was hush hush, no one knew who killed her. So all of our scenes with the kids were like, well, what are we going to do then about Miss Strickland? <laughs> you know, are we going to tell anyone about Miss Strickland? Who was actually said, driving the car then? Um, Anthony Lewis. Oh, Anthony Lewis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's I think a, he just got his license, you know. What an amazing story, though, yeah, to I go know. into. So that was quite soon after you joined that one. Yeah, that was literally a few, it felt like a few months. Maybe and like, like Katie was like so good. It's like as if that was her first, like... I know, I know. I remember she got, 
I think Katie was the one with a conscience and was like, we need to tell people. Then I remember Eve's character like slamming her against a car going, if you tell anyone, you'll have me to deal with. <laughs> Murdering a, sc- a headmistress though. I know, <laughs> I know. Like, oh my God. Because I think Hollyoaks does go beyond reality, which I found quite hard actually when I worked with it, even though it's brilliant because you're like, these things seriously are mad. Yeah. Whereas Emmerdale is quite stuck in reality, I think. Yeah. But yeah. still, like, that's kind of obviously... Yeah, I think with Emmerdale, you tend to do one slightly crazy storyline, like maybe every two, three years. One where you kind of go, oh, I don't, know if, quite, I don't yeah. know if someone... Well, like you said this. earlier, things you haven't actually done. Because on a serious note, when I, Sally Dynever, who was on uh, earlier in the year, said which is one of the most amazing stories that I didn't realise. Obviously, she played a storyline with Sally in the show getting breast cancer. Yeah. And the day she filmed the scene, she went to her doctor to get the results and she got told she oh. had got breast cancer, which oh, she said goodness. was the most weirdest parallel thing ever. Yeah. But she said, oh, then she looked back and, and would have done it differently. Because obviously, yeah. like, you got married in the show and whatever. Do you... You, and you've got married in real life now, say, for instance. Would yeah. you look back and go, oh, like... Well, I, like like I said earlier, in terms of you've only got a certain amount of stuff to go with if you haven't been through it yourself. Like, my character, um, she suffered a miscarriage with Andy really early on. I think she was only 15 in it. Um, I mean, getting pregnant at that age, yeah. you know, in the show as well. And then, and then suffering the miscarriage, which the scenes were so horrific to film because... Um, obviously I'd never been through any of that. No, yeah. But it was so upsetting. And like as a 15-year-old filming those as well, it's really intense knowing there are millions of people out there who have experienced it and having to kind of do it for them at the same time, like the pressure is on. I mean, the pressure is, and now I would say, um, it's like if you join Hollyoaks, you get the cast book, when I joined anyway, that says this will, as a kind of like a throwaway line, you know, this will change your life forever. And I think now, like, 15 is so young to join. I mean, did it change overnight for you? Like, was it obviously going, oh, my God, everyone now is recognising me? Um, Yeah, pretty much. And mainly because um, when I first went in, Andy's... Well, he he always was, but Andy, um, Kelvin Fletcher... Was a huge part. Was a huge part. So in my audition, I was terrified. I was like, oh, my God, I'm auditioning with Andy Sugden. This is insane. (laughs) Um, So all my scenes were with him, which instantly made me... Not a popular character, but I was in it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was inst- the change was instant. Like, I'm talking weeks after being on the show, being recognised. And now, thinking of social media, if like, say now, what would you say to a 15-year-old? Would you say go into a soap? Like, I think, well, I think it's like, it's hard because it, people <coughs> want it for their career, but I think, God, I think you need a bit of experience behind you, really. Yeah, well, I think, um, I think there should be something set in place where, you know, you get help with that. What's to do? What to do? What not to do? Like you know, I've got a sixteen, nearly sixteen-year-old daughter now, and so I'm seeing her navigate that social yeah, media yeah. world, and sometimes get it wrong, or sometimes do something too private, too personal. I'm like, no, like babe, that could, that's going to be in the internet. I'm going to forever. Now. I know, you yeah. Can't take it back. And I'm so. I always say this that I'm so grateful that I wasn't brought up, especially on soap in the social media world. And I never had social media on Emmerdale. I only ever had it after. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Would you remember, I always remember actually, and as much as we love him, Lyndon, who played Nathan, was the first to get Twitter, really. Yeah. And do you remember he was, and we were like, oh God, get get over yourself. And we were like, it won't matter if you've got that many followers. And then obviously it went huge and everyone kind of felt like they needed it. And I remember going to Holby City and... The, the, the thing was, people, the casting directors were looking at people's social media accounts to they see still, who had the most of, yeah. things because obviously you're bringing fans, which is kind of 
understandable in a way, but terrible in another way. Yeah, I, I get it for certain shows, definitely, especially like reality and stuff like that. They want people who've got a big following, absolutely. And I've I was really against it for so many years. I just saw it as a negative thing for some reason. But now I'm starting to see small glimmers of like hope in terms of you can use it for good. You can yeah. use it for, you know, charity stuff. Or you can use it to promote the show you're in or promote the book you write or the podcast you're doing. Yes. You know? Well, so- what I do, and like luckily the, the response has been amazing, but there is obviously the odd troll out there who wants to. And I think we've all learned just to ignore them, actually. You don't give them a voice because yeah. you instantly get annoyed. But I think as an actor, because everyone out there listening, if you're an actor or want to be an actor or you've got another job, I think the hardest thing about being an actor is like me getting to my level, I wouldn't go back for stages. Whereas as an actor, you could be at Emmerdale and then go for auditions and not get the job and not get told why you've not got the job. So yeah. confidence-wise, it's a real hard way to navigate. But then if you've got social media as well that people are attacking you, and I think all of us l- want to look at stuff written about us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's... Um, and I, we're all like, oh my God, it's amazing when someone says something nice. But then you are like, how yeah. dare they if they don't? And you have to just re- remember that no one actually knows you. I think there's... If, even if there's a thousand lovely comments and then there's one nasty one for some weird reason... You remember that I don't one. know what, it's, what it is with humans, but we always tend to <laughs> yeah. like think about that one. Like I had one recently, I put a post of myself and my daughter on, and she had never done with me until she was 15. I'd never posted anything. I saw that, I think, on the holiday. Was it on yeah, the holiday? Yeah, we were just outside here on like a sunny day, and I'd like, I'd bleached my hair, like really white blonde. And, um, and all like, there was lovely comments and stuff, and it wasn't even like, look at what we look like. It was just, this is my first picture of me and my daughter, ever. Um, and like lots of newspapers were like, oh my God, like I'm not saying this in a soz way. But, oh, you look like sisters. But then comments underneath were, sisters, you look like grandma and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm a quite a confident person. I'm not, like, in your face confident. But I think I was having a bad day for whatever yeah, reason. Word, you know, just yeah. an off day. On a normal day, I would have been like, oh, get lost. I was having a bad day. And those comments really knocked me for six. Well, I so, think because you can't put your head on other people's shows, but I think because we are genuinely quite nice people like yeah. I don't get why people do it so that's why it affects us more that's the like... most worst thing and I decided to post about it I would never have done that I wrote a big thing on Instagram and I said like you never know what people are going through yeah. one yeah. being told these things how ugly you look how awful you look how old you look and I'm like thank god I'm quite confident with myself um, you know because if I wasn't like to get those comments it's like, awful this, yeah. and that's why I mean going back to what we were saying about like being 15 joining a soap nowadays I think oh, would be so hard because you've got all that to, and when like you said when you're that age you are kind of much more well, you're not a, you know you're not switched onto the world are you as we can go now don't look at social media I mean I'm saying all that I still look <laughs> I, don't, I love that comment <laughs> Even though I don't know them. Right, next question. Um, okay. Who played Mark and Natasha? Easy. Who, who played Mark and Natasha who allowed Katie to keep her business at Home Farm in 2009? Amanda Donahoe and uh, Maxwell Caulfield. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Which I brought up because that's, I was going to just say, if Emmerdale out of all of them is, I think, like the family. We're obviously best friends. We've got a lot of best friends from Emmerdale. And obviously... Uh, Amanda Donahoe became a great friend. Yeah, we yeah. had a party around her house, didn't we? We well, she sang it. We went to Alice's wedding. Who played Maisie? Who we're yeah. still friends with. And Amanda got up quite drunk and took sang the microphone off the band and sang something amazing yeah. and stole the whole show. Yeah. I remember she was going. I don't want to steal the wedding away from Alice. 
did. Till about 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, till, till about 10 o'clock. Um, but is it weird for Was it weird? What's it? I just want to know. So as an actor, you were there for years. Is it always... Do you, are you quite wary of new people coming in? Is it weird to have new people come in? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I suppose, like, say Alice was your kind of age-ish in it. Like, do you get that kind of like, oh, I hope they're not going <laughs> to take over my part kind of thing? Well, I, I didn't necessarily... I didn't really, but I can imagine that you're falling into that quite easily, especially if... Because on a soap, you don't, you're not necessarily working all the time, even though you might seem to be on screen. You might have three months off. I've, I had that loads... Three months off, and then I was working 12 hours a day, five yeah, days a week. Yeah. So in that three months that you're off, if you see like a new girl or a new boy working <laughs> all the time, you're thinking, oh my God, like they're doing more than me. Are they going to be the new this, the new that? You do think there is like, it's just humanistic yeah, yeah. to do that. Um, when I think like when, just personally, when we all were there together, you kind of, it's like someone comes into your friendship because it's good. You form friendship groups and they are ever changing on so because people will leave. Uh, and people will come in and it's quite weird, isn't it? That you're like, oh, this person's kind of become friends with well, four yeah. other people in the friends. Yeah, because you've got, you're spending more time with these people than your own family. Yeah, you and do, And your yeah. friends from home, you're spending way more time with them. So if you've got a nice little dynamic, say there's like five or six of you and then a new person comes in, it's not just you see them for five minutes, you're it's with them 12 hours a day. You get to know each other so quickly, don't exactly, you? Exactly, yeah. Each other's flaws, each other's good points and... Um, so, uh, oh, I was going to bring up a funny story just, and as much as I love Maxwell, um, but what I loved about him is Maxwell wanted to keep it fresh for every take. So again, just behind the scenes, people listening, the way soaps filmed is you got like three cameras on set and you rehearse it. And then obviously, well, the way any drama's filmed really, that you have to do the same again. And Maxwell, I just used to love, so he used to have a tea towel in one take yeah. and then he'd be like, I'm just going to get rid of that. And I'm going to use this for the next take. And he'd be like, yeah. oh. We had, we had one of those with Maxwell where um, he came in with a custard cream, but he hadn't rehearsed with it. <laughs> yes. So he came and started eating it. And then the director went, oh, you know, I don't think you should have the biscuit. And he's like, no, no, I'm using the biscuit. But they ran out of custard cream. <laughs> so, so he wasn't happy at all. <laughs> but it was ruining the scenes. It was meant to be... I mean, you know, I'm not saying... And bless him, because he just... No, he thought it was fresh. And you're yeah, like... totally. We can't keep I it wouldn't have you. the courage to do that. I would be like, okay, I won't eat the biscuit. Um, but he just kept saying, well, you know, I need to do it again and again with that. And it was a really intense scene. And I was thinking, this biscuit is upstaging all of <laughs> all us. All of you. <laughs> this bloody custard cream. And when Amanda Donahoe joined, I just... I remember just thinking... And we'll get to this other person in a bit, actually, that I mentioned, but... It was kind of like Hollywood coming to Emmerdale, wasn't oh, it? Yeah. It was incredible. And there was a real like buzz on set. There was, and she's got such um, Presence. a dynamic like energy. As soon as she comes on, you're just like, oh, and she's great. Like in terms of acting as well, she's just oh, got she was it. amazing. She's just got she's it. What, what I always love is working with people like that that keep you on your toes because she would yeah. almost not even know her lines, but come on and go read it for the first time, which was infuriating to some people. But the fact is, she could learn it in two minutes. But she'd be like, I'm not saying that. You know, like she wouldn't say yeah, that. because she and, knew that her character wouldn't say that. And don't you think, and I've talked to this about a lot, with a lot of people as well, that I think back in the day, like June Brown and stuff, still now, and I think Linus Barber's like this, very, you know, like so in touch with the character that they'll even know what cups to use or whatever. And I think nowadays, unfortunately, it's changed to being, oh, they're being difficult, which is yeah. so unfair, isn't it? Because I think actually, as an actor, you'll, you'll know this, like you... You have to protect your own character because so many other people come and go. Okay, well, I've got, I've always been, I've always kind of, you know, been very polite on set and been a bit too worried to say, oh no, I won't necessarily do that or I won't 
you know, Katie wouldn't use that cup. I would be too terrified to do that. And the main reason is, is because I have seen some people who do take it a little bit too far. And it can really like, because we're filming 16 scenes I know, yeah, it day. can take so long. And, so yeah. if someone is really sticking to, right, no, no, my character would have that. I did hear someone, I, I won't name names, obviously, and it was a different soap to mine, but they had to have a certain type of sandwich in their suitcase, their briefcase. And they, they didn't have jam, the props. It was, they only had peanut butter. And they said, no, I need jam. My cat, they went, you don't open the briefcase. No, we don't And he went, it. no, but I know they're there. So he made everyone late. Everyone was waiting um, for them to get jam. Bless them. Like, come oh, yeah, on. And I'm after. thinking, come on. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. It's a balance, isn't it? Because, well, the funniest, again, was Glynis when she joined EastEnders because, and again, you can listen to her podcast, uh, when she joined the part was meant for Jill Gascoigne who's about 20 years older than her and Jill had to pull out for health reasons so Glynis took over but she said they did get all the scripts the same so people were saying to her in the pub like can you see the menu or do you need glasses dear oh, no <laughs> and the Glynis as we know is gorgeous literally and looks 20 years she was like are we really serious and someone went to her um, like have you got a stair lift at home no yeah you're like oh my god as if they hadn't changed that Glynis looks about 20 years I know and then they were going anyway. do you need a stair lift really Sterling? I know <laughs> Um, but Amanda, and then the other person I was going to say was, uh, and actually, does this link to a question? The other person was Patsy Kensett, because yeah. Nicola Wheeler says this, that she almost brought the Paps to Emmerdale. Like, yeah. she kind of changed the dynamic with making Emmerdale more popular in the press. Yeah, and I don't think it was ever intentionally with her. Like, I think, um, I don't want to speak for her, but she was never, she never lauded the press. No, it's just they just loved, loved her. So, her yeah. And loved her. And, um, and did you feel that dynamic change yet? Because I think... I mean, this is actually quite funny because we're both in the same position. We both left at the same time. We were always the underdog and we go to every soap awards. Never yeah. win. The year we, we left. Win. The year we and left. Then, yeah, the year we what? leave, oh, they win everything. everything. Every single award. But I kind of always loved being the underdog because it kind of, I think, made Emmerdale really strong as a unit because we all fought together. Do you know what I mean? Well, the best thing about, I remember one award we did when it's the RTS Awards and it was the one that I was actually there for, like, the, you know... So I remember, because we didn't expect to win, when they announced Emmerdale, like East Ennis and Corrie, I remember they were always like halfway out, they were. Yeah, but, you know, they, they, they were, they were. You know, halfway out the seat thinking, well, we've got it in the bag because we've had that storyline last week. So, But when Emmerdale were announced, we all just literally looked at each other and screamed, like genuine screaming. Yeah, it was. Oh, it, yeah. And we just walked on stage and we had the best night ever. Because we just. Well, do you remember when I won for the cop death or I won Emmerdale won? Yes. Oh, and we were so shocked that we kind of all tripped up the stairs on the way down. <laughs> but then do you remember I, I told everyone to watch? Because I don't know whether you were actually there at the night, but I told everyone to watch and I spoke last and it cut to the ad break before. Like, no, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> So next year I won for the Frozen Late, so I just went and grabbed the award from Danny Miller and made sure I spoke first. <laughs> yeah, good. Because I was like, they can't cut me out there. Yeah, can't cut me out now, guys. <laughs> and do you remember the other awards I remember is the National Television Awards where we went. And do you remember just before it went live, a man, I stood up and trod on Amanda's dress. Oh, do you remember? No. And it just ripped. Do you know oh, I mean? yeah. Which I think, I think as a girl as well, when you've just oh, got your God, outfit so stressful terrible. getting ready as well. You've got this dress. Massive red. She borrowed it yes. as well. She had to go and find someone with a needle and thread. Oh, God. I was going, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, who pushed Katie's face into the wedding cake at her wedding? Uh, Megan. Megan, yes. Yep. And that was 
I mean, you're doing very well on the quiz, by the way. Uh, that was to bring up the live, because that was live. Yeah. Your wedding was live. I mean, how amazing that that was Emmerdale's first live and you were like the biggest part of it. it was That must have been incredible. Well, I think, I don't know if I was the biggest part. It, it was it was the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done in my whole life because get it, preparing it was, you know, very long-winded. We had to get everything absolutely right. And but again, also, just to explain to people at home, look, Emmerdale Village is literally even more unlike the other soaps. It's like location is different than studio, but it's in the same place. We're like 40 minutes away from the studio, aren't we? Yeah, on location. Yeah, exactly. So, so logistically a nightmare. Yeah, and all the we basically when we when they said action for the live episode, we had to do everything that we were told to do for that full half hour, whatever maybe if it was an hour, I'm not sure. But we never knew as the actors if someone else had messed up. So we just had to carry on, carry on. For all we knew, someone else, you know, 10 minutes down the line had completely screwed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But no one messed up. I know, it was, I think, and, the first one that no one messed up. And I mean, Emma nobody. Jo. So when they said cut, and then I remember the um, the first turned around and was like, we've done it. There wasn't one mistake. We turned into animals. We were like animalistic. <laughs> we like ran down the village road, like screaming. Well, I think Stephen Mulholm there was, was there for ITV too. And I had a problem because no one wanted to be a guest because everyone was just like yeah. on a high afterwards and like, we want a drink and we want to go. Well, you know, like obviously like theatre, for example, it's live. So you get that buzz and that adrenaline. This was going out to help 10 million people, not just an audience full so if you messed up, you knew you'd be in the paper the next day saying Sammy Windward tripped yes. up and fell And I don't it. even want to mention the person, uh, poor Jo Joyner, because obviously everyone mentions her for the live. When she Why? called, I didn't know, I didn't she know called um, Ian, Bill, Adam. Oh, and no, Laurie kind of Laurie, who played Jane, kind of did the best line to recover it, but you could almost see Joe Joyner going. After they both recovered it amazingly, but it was that thing of like, now that's always gone down. Sorry, Joe, because we've mentioned it basically about ten podcasts. <laughs> but I always say because if you really mess up on a live episode of that, it's like you might ne- you might never work again because theatre people again, well, she can't even do live. I know. I think I think that that was that's what made it so so much pressure on the night. You knew that. It wasn't just the normal scene. It wasn't like being on theatre where a few hundred people... You knew that everyone would see. And you can't even comprehend people, 10 million people, can you? No. It's like you can't. And also the main thing is people... This sounds awful, but people are waiting for you to mess up. Oh, totally. Line. That's why people watch it. I think, to be honest, even as a crew, you kind of... One tiny part of you is going, wouldn't it be funny if... Do you yeah, know what I mean? Just something small. Yeah. I mean, I, do, I have to admit, there was one, one thing I did when I did get my face shoved in the cake. I mean, I that's kind of nerve-wracking just in itself for life. I wasn't meant to laugh, but I did. Just... And why, I don't know. And it weirdly looked okay. Worked, and it looked yeah. like I meant to, like, go, ha ha, she's just shoved a cake. <laughs> like, you would do that. She's just shoved a cake in my face. Katie was meant to be furious, but I got the giggles. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, like, yeah. I had so much cake on my face. It was insane. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. It went up my nostrils and in my eyes. Well, if you watch things like Friends, when it, when someone picks it out and then you watch it, I mean, they're laughing actually all the time. Yeah. And there's a brilliant bit in 40 Towers I watched the other day when he brings a trifle instead of a duck and you can see Prunella Scales literally <laughs> crying of laughter behind because he doesn't. But I mean, that's, not only is it your wedding, but to have your put, cake, uh, face pushed in a cake, which sounds minimal, but things like that actually are the hardest things to film. Because another thing of what we did, which I spoke to Sam Giles about, who's coming up next series, um is we had to have Bernice throw food over your hair. Spaghetti. And we laughed about Absolutely. this because they were like spaghetti bolognese and makeup were like, oh no, not with her blonde hair. It'll dye it. It'll dye the hair. <laughs> so we had to go for a carbonara. Carbonara, yeah. A white carbonara. 
And Sam was really nervous because Sam was dressed in like fishnets and a busk yeah. for Andy. So she it was, was already petrified. Yeah. And then, because I always say, if you need to throw a pint, if I'm not saying anyone does this at home, but if you try, try to throw a pint over someone, it's actually impossible because it doesn't go. No, I think there's, there's a lot of things like that where it's written in the script and it does sound really simple. However, one, you've got to aim directly at someone and you've got to hit them in the face, for example. It can take 10 takes. But also, you've got to then do it again exactly the same for continuity. So it can take 20, Forever. 30 takes. I think we did get that in one because obviously I'm a, always as a director. If you have something like that, you're like, oh, no. Because if it goes wrong, it's like, right, we'll just be back in an hour. An hour. Sammy's just got to wash her hair. Yeah. You're like, no, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I think even if there's one tiny strand on you, like, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Um, and so let me see what, what else. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say to everyone as well. And the me- lasting memory of that is that I've still got your face on a cushion back at home. Oh, yeah. Because they were on the ITV show afterwards. Do you remember? Oh, the live episode. The live episode. Oh, and I still, still got... got that. I really yeah. love that cushion. But also, when I do come to your house, I love seeing you on <laughs> seeing me on your couch. On my couch. <laughs> well, you've, got, you've now gone to the bedroom. It sounds really weird. Oh. <laughs> You're now the door prop. The door prop. So I don't know whether that's downgraded or upgraded. I know. <laughs> Am I at the door prop now? Yeah, but it still looks nice. You've been, no, you've not been replaced. You're still kind of front of... I'm purposeful now. Purposeful now. Yeah, you've actually got, <laughs> got a, a use. Job. You're not just there to look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to get on to Katie's men. Oh, God. Which has got something to do with the name we call her. So uh, can you, I mean, just try to list. I've got right, and I don't know whether I'm even right because I got lost on how many there are. Okay. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. Which seems you're in it 15 years. That's not bad. That's, That's less than right. one a year. That's all right. So can you name them? Let's go for Katie's men. Is it kisses? Just a kiss? Uh, well, it didn't say on the internet whether it's third base or second base. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I think no, it's no, kind I... of like relation, you know, like relationships. Oh, God. Okay, Andy and Robert. Andy and Robert Sugden, brothers, yeah. Um, oh, God. Andy, Robert, then... I mean, we've told um, Are you trying to do it chronologically? I'm thinking, yeah, Declan... No, that's Declan, that yeah. Declan. You've whizzed on weight, yeah. You've gone I can't up. remember any of them. This is well, you've got someone who's one of your best friends. What? Who? Oh, that... my God. He's going to kill you when he listens to this. One of my best Who friends. Who is a surprise? Your hen. Oh, Chris! <laughs> yes! Chris Miller is a Grayson. Course. Oh, yeah. I forget about Chris. He was my favourite. <laughs> yeah. It looks like I've got a picture of him up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sammy's got a picture on the wall. And for everyone at home, it's Sammy's hen that I organised and I... He was the surprise guest of the awards we did. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sammy was really worried I'd invited one of her ex-boyfriends. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Is it? <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> should have done it. Right, okay, so you've got three, four. Um, they're all, to be honest, they're all, most of the others are really fit as well. You did well. I can't remember any. Why okay, so, so we had cool? David Metcalf. I think that oh, was that just was a bit a of a... Oh, that was a one-night stand. One-night stand, yeah. yeah. Okay. Lee Naylor. Lewis. Was, yeah, Lewis. Oh, I love Lewis. Love Lewis. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Lamb, James Sutton. Yeah. Nick Henshaw, who was Nick. the big story, oh, who yeah, was the mad was cop, yeah. who then ended up getting rid of, kind of because of Katie, one of Soap's legends, Dina Payne left, you know, because yeah. she got caught in a fire that was supposed to be for you. Or yeah, she was I think, trying to yeah. Me. Nick Hill. <laughs> I didn't get with Nick Hill. Oh, didn't you? Oh, okay. No. So, okay. I was quite surprised by that. She didn't no. get with Nick Hill. Uh, who have I missed off here? Um, Declan. Adam Barton. 
Oh yes, very did, that was quite cute. And, and I remember Adam was so nervous. I think this this is the thing. This is why I can't quite remember because I'm terrible. I have a bad memory anyway. But because a lot of these, they literally are like three, four weeks of filming, and that's it. Yeah, In fourteen years. Sammy just remembers the long term. Yeah, the long term. It's not the one nighters. <laughs> I remember Adam being so nervous, like you were saying about Kelvin at first. I think he felt that as well. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh my god, I've got to kiss Sammy." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was like, she'll never remember. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> It'll be over in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I, you flirted with. Them. I'm surprised actually you never got with Ross or Pete Barton, but you had a flirt with them, I think. But you never got with them, did you? No, I didn't get with them. No. So uh, no. I mean, quite a few men, and I would say so. My memories of those were Nick Henshaw. I remember Michael. That huge storyline that you did. Do you remember? And then mid filming. Uh, and Paul, my husband, was an extra. Mid-filming, the snow, like, chucked it down. Do you remember yeah. we got stuck and we just stayed in town? Yeah, of course. We got stay, Yeah, and stayed in the hotel. We just had to stay. With Nick. Yeah. Um, and then David, obviously, played by Matthew and Charlie, two of your best friends as well, two of our really good friends. Is it nice to have had those relationships continue? Because often jobs, you don't continue those relationships, but we both have, haven't we? It's amazing. Yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky. Like, I have friends, like, where I live in Bolton. But, again, like saying before, um, when you're filming on Emmerdale, you're with these people more than friends and family put together. You're yeah. with these people on set all day, every day. So when you leave, those relationships do continue. You don't see them as much, but they're my best friends. You know, like you and Charlie, Matthew, Roxana, Shahidi, um, Sean, oh, Alice. Layla, everyone. And James amazing. Baxter, of course. Yes. You know, and, and Laura Norton. There's, there's so many people who are either... And what was amazing is that we all are very similar people. So, yeah. like, again, on all the other shows I've worked with, as lovely as they are, like, we just all bond... Like, we've all got yeah. exactly the same sense of humour. Yeah. I mean, there's so many stories we could never mention. Not because they're really bad, but just because... We, like the thing. <laughs> Do you remember we all went to... We've been to, like, Alton Towers. We've been to so yeah. many parties. We've been to... We, what we used to do all the time was hire a cottage, wasn't it, and go away for oh, weekends. Oh, yeah, yeah, just like do like birthday cottage weekends. Which is amazing, stuff. murder yeah. mysteries, which are always yeah. a disaster. <laughs> um, so that is Emmerdale, and to end the Emmerdale chat before we talk about you and other things quickly is, so Sammy has had probably the best line ever to have been in Emmerdale, because Katie obviously loved horses <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I mean, a lot. You hardly ever saw her with a horse, but she did love them. And what was your best line? Okay, so I had to, to be, set it up for so us. So I'm just yeah. going to set the scene. So uh, me and Matthew Wolfe's character, David, had had a bit of a fling. And anyway, I decided, oh, we both decided, it's probably best to just be friends. Anyway, I'm sat solemnly on this swing, <laughs> just swinging really slowly. And Matthew has to come behind me and put his head near my shoulder. And he's like, Katie, like, I want to do it in American accent. <laughs> Katie, what's wrong? <laughs> Katie, what's wrong? And she just, I just had to shake my head and just come and um, just say, just go. <laughs> it's making me laugh, sorry. This is so funny. <laughs> I just had to I say. I won't look at you, I'm not going to look at you. And then I just had to say, I don't know, I just, um, I just really love horses. <laughs> I just really love horses. But the worst thing is trying to say that with a straight face. I know. Because she wanted, didn't want to be with him. And what was she, she really meaning? Because one, one of the horses had died, hadn't it? I think so. I think I so. Really and it meant horse. that she didn't have time for relationships. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to focus on the horses. On the horses. <laughs> Poor Katie. I mean, we all, oh, bless, bless her. her. Right, so talking about you. So when you were younger, I mean, you were 15 when you joined. So actually probably the youngest person that I've spoken to on this that's joined one of these shows at that young. But did you... 
dream of it? Was it acting from the beginning? So I, I actually wanted to be a dancer. So I was a dancer from when I was little to just before I joined Emmerdale. <clears throat> so I did ballet and so I wanted to be a ballerina. Um, but on the side of dancing, I did a, a bit of acting. Ballerina from Bolden. <laughs> ballerina from Bolton. <laughs> Every girl's dream in Bolden. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I did musicals. So my first ever job, I was 11 and I was in a musical called Great Expectations with Darren Day. Oh my God, Yeah, Darren. and so, um, Summer Holidays, well, with Darren Day. Who, and when we record this, we might not know, but he's released a Christmas single with, with uh, the JC. JC with a GC. GC? GC. Yeah. Well, he, if you've got to remember, back then, Darren Day was huge in musicals. Massive, because he'd done Joseph. Joseph. And, yeah. So to get that as my first job, That's it was amazing. one of those auditions where you queue around the block and say... It's an open audition that doesn't happen nowadays. No. There's like a mile long queue. Wow. Just anyone turns up and you audition. Oh, I didn't actually know that. That's amazing. Um, and got down to like the last, the last, there was six of us chosen. Um, so yeah, so I was like off school for a month and That's amazing. working at the Opera House in Manchester. And did that make you just have that like love for it? Do you know oh, what I mean? Because yeah. theatre, I think, is the best place to start. I mean, so I've never done theatre and I did obviously the play over Christmas and it's just got something about it, hasn't it, standing in a theatre? It's um, it's so terrifying and a lot of respect because you never feel like you have enough time, um, and one mistake can ruin everything, <laughs> and you really know you're really aware of that. But I didn't have a huge part in that show when I was eleven, thank God. Um, and but also it really you, gave me the bug, though. I wanted to perform. And you've live. done loads. Of, you've done loads of theatre now. And someone said, and I can't remember, which was really interesting to me and really true. Actually, is that actually in theatre? you instantly know what you're doing right and you can change it. Whereas yeah. telly, obviously, you don't know until six months later, say you're doing a one-off drama, whether you've kind of been... Ex- do you know what I mean? So actually theatre is quite yeah. good for that, as in, oh, they're not laughing, or... Yeah, Because you can feel to... that you can feel like the, you know, the reviews when yeah, you're there. Yeah, definitely. You can gauge people's reactions, you can gauge what lines work and don't work. But the last play I did back in March, um, One Good Night was, um, I remember the press night was amazing. Like, um, Sue McArdle, who's a really good friend of mine and friend of Chris Villas, um, she, her character was really funny. And press night, she was, she had this, literally everyone was howling. Now, the next night, we were expecting the same. And Sue didn't change her performance <clears throat> at all. It was just a different crowd. Oh, right. And I just remember Sue coming backstage after the first, like, her little bit going, oh, no. <laughs> like, we've got another hour and a half of this. And um, and that really knocked us for six because uh, we were just on the back foot for the rest of the play. Yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah. Have any you confidence. never know. Yeah, see, yeah. I saw Chelsea, who we both know, um, who was obviously in Emmerdale as well, in nine to five with David Hasselhoff, and you could kind of tell what the cast were going through because obviously she said afterwards he has a habit of changing stuff or oh, like no. skipping stuff, and you could yeah. see everyone. He almost dropped Bonnie Tyler <gasps> when we were there. We were all going. You could hear the audience go. <gasps> And Bonnie, obviously, no, not Bonnie Tyler. What's Bonnie Langford? Bonnie sorry, Langford. Bonnie I can Tyler. Imagine her being a pro. And yeah. Well, this. she can like she probably would have somersaulted off yeah, him and done yeah, two yeah, backflips. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> at seventy, however old she is. Yeah. But you were like, it's probably Bonnie. Sorry, fifty-one. Um, but as in, she's amazing. You could, but you could see that kind of thing, and you think, oh my god, if you're with someone who hmm. met, like, oh my, messes up. Well, it's, it's things like uh, it's freezing. If, if you forget a line, um, or someone else forgets a line. That's kind of it. And, it's, and a lot of the time you can get a complete blackout where nothing comes Come, into your yeah. head. Not even the next line or any lines from the play at all. <laughs> you literally freeze um, and you just come out with something. And something. usually the other actor sweeps you up and helps you out. Um, 
But yeah, there was That's a couple terrifying. of moments like that. And you, you honestly, it's the worst feeling in the history. I remember when I did Andra. And I can't remember if I was Dracula in something. Dracula. But there were three of us on stage. And basically, the, what afterwards we realised was the doorbell didn't go. So all of us were just stood there. And I remember seeing, looking behind the stage. And the person doing the script had dropped the script. So it was like frantically going like this. And I think we added for about five minutes. God yeah. knows what we said. Yeah, this, I think I've done a few things like that where people haven't walked on or I, I hadn't heard the key so I haven't walked on. And when you do come on, like this person looks at you as if to say, where the hell have you been? <laughs> <laughs> like with it, through the lines, it's just in their eyes, but you can see and it. And does it excite you? Like, because like Secrets and Lies always amaze me, like Mike Lee, the director, about actually just... Because what I find with that, and this is no disrespect to actors, it's like when, when I did uh, Sisters X, my own thing, and we did like a day... First of all, before Emily wrote the script, and we just got the actors to try to do it in for us. And actually, a lot of actors find it really hard to it because oh, they need yeah. a script. And which I'm not saying is a, like a, a wrong thing because yeah. you need a, a character in front of you to get it. It's actually quite hard to make up lines. I've, I've never, apart from when I was younger, like, you know, doing drama at school and things like that, I've always, especially with dancing and then acting, you're told where to go. There's not really, really any freestyling. You're choreographed in every way, yeah. shape, or form. So um, I think just... Doing it like that for me is so terrifying because dread, I always yeah. worry that people are going to go, oh, that wasn't very good. Oh, that was rubbish. Well, I, that think wasn't I think in my head, I mean, I watch Secret Lies and I kind of go, I can't believe it is. Because you go, you kind of have to then be a writer in your own head. Because I think, imagine people, if you suddenly just go, right, do a dance. I mean, it's always going to be like yeah, dreadful, yeah, just throwing arms. And... Well, unless you've had a few drinks. <laughs> yeah. That's marvellous. We've done that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many songs I could play that we've sung as well oh my god, oh me, god. so me and Sammy usually get on the karaoke and sing everything yeah everyone else leaves the room back catalogue yeah. back catalogue from like 70s to what do you, what's our quote of the night is usually someone walking whilst we're seeing karaoke someone walking back in the room and going are you still, still singing still going yeah. <laughs> we're like three hours later we're like yes get out yeah and we think we're amazing and then the next day oh, it's yeah. like totally flat yeah um, so okay so yeah that's that you also did I mean talking of singing you did, and I was going to play them, but I just know you hate them. You did Soap Star Superstar as oh. Madonna, which no, was actually no. amazing. Soap oh, was that? Superstar was separate. Then I did the Madonna. Oh, that one, Madonna before. Special. Yeah, something like that. And then Sammy did uh, also, and then this will be edited out if she says no, but I was actually going to play on the podcast you singing it at my wedding. Am I allowed to play it to everyone? A clip. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, a little I'll clip. To... I'll play a tiny little clip of it. Okay. You can choose the clip. Okay, we'll maybe. listen to it after. Yeah, okay. So I'll basically, probably... Sammy sung the most beautiful song at me and Paul's wedding in Kurt's Rabbi, which was amazing. I still listen to it, and I still must get to record it, but it's incredible because Sammy. So basically, to let everyone know, Sammy's got the most incredible voice, <laughs> but will only sing when she's normally drunk, and also gets us to turn away from her. <laughs> So the fact that she sung in an open cathedral with everyone there was like, oh my God, this is how much she yeah, loves me. Yeah, that was it's quite incredible. a big deal. I think I either do it for, I can't have anyone looking at me when I sing usually, um, but then I've sang my sister down the aisle and I've sang you down the aisle. So the two most I suppose pressure, if it means something Yeah, you, it's but it's different. also the pressure. And it's like if, you, if your best friend or your sister asks you, you can't go no, you know, so yeah. But I really enjoyed it, actually. Both and it them. was incredible. So everyone has to have a little listen. Under trillion stars, we danced on top of cars, took pictures of the stage, so far from where they are. They made me think of you. They made me think of you. Oh, oh, lights go. 
tell you a funny story. Do you remember because me and Paul, my husband, had been to the Abbey a really long walk down and played the song and timed it the week before. And do you remember he started walking down the slowest? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm at the front going, hurry oh. up. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so something I have to sing another two it versions of it. It was the longest style ever as well. <laughs> it wasn't was it? the longest style yeah. ever. Um, so then you left, you've been in things, I mean, you did, which was amazing, the second series of Prey, which yeah. must be really different after coming out of Emmerdale, because I find single camera dramas actually really boring to do, because it takes so long, as I keep saying, yeah. it's so, so quick, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, there was a real difference with, with that, with doing drama, like, Emmerdale is so well put together, in terms of we still manage to make really good TV, yes. on the, in the quickest time period you could ever imagine, Whereas the drama, the thing I loved about the drama is in a different way, was I could actually sit with the director for yeah, an hour and chat through. Yeah. Um, we could discuss stuff on set. Yeah. Should we change this? You I can discuss what your motivation yeah, is. Yeah, necessarily don't feel like my character would do that. Should we try this? And you do get a bit more time. Um, so yeah, it is, it is completely different. But yeah, I love doing Prey. The director, Lewis Arnold, was, was the first director I worked with since leaving Emmerdale. So I was quite nervous about that. But he made me feel so comfortable. And who was the other actress? Um, oh, I can't remember her name. Oh, you've talked about her before. She was she also was in... in um, oh, she was in Luther. Yes. She was in the yeah, last yeah. season of Luther. I remember her name. Amazing. It was Phil yeah. Glenister was my dad. And again, we yeah. talk about this because... And how different people feel differently. But actually, again, I always champion soap because if you can do soap, you can do anything. But I kind of... When I did Holby and stuff, what I missed was... A, I think as an actor, you start questioning how you've done something because you do it so many times. And yeah. then you're like, oh, actually, I prefer this way. You're like... But I think there's nothing more incredible than doing something in one... If it's emotional, one take on soap. Yeah. Like, you can never be... I think, we always say, I did the Charlotte Bellamy episode with the cot death, and I just think that one scene will yeah. always stick with me when she runs down the stairs. Oh, yeah, I remember it. As like fine... It to, like, you almost... And she says, you probably almost would never get that again because she put everything into that yeah, one moment. Yeah, totally. I've, I've, I remember a scene... It was... I don't think it was a huge storyline particularly, but I had a really emotional scene... Oh, no, it was actually, sorry. I'd, I was found by someone in the cafe on the floor. I'd just had the miscarriage. So I was really young. And I, obviously, you know, the scene was a reasonably long scene, like two, three pages or whatever. Um, but we did it in seven minutes. Wow. It was the quickest scene from line run to filming it to doing it. That was it. Because I got it on the first take. And that was it. And the director went, and we both said, I'm not going to get that again now. Like, no, I was yeah. there. I was totally there. And he said, right, I agree. Let's move on. Which Seven is incredible. Minutes. I know. Well, no. Charlotte, I always remember, and she talks about this. So it's fine that you had a picture. I remember seeing it because I remember we didn't talk on the day. She was like, can I just use hand signals and stuff? Not being deverish, but being because she had worked herself up. And she had a picture of her baby in her script because she'd just had a yeah. baby as well. <clears throat> do you, how do you go to those places? Do you have to think of something in your own life or can yeah. you bring it on? Because yeah, Patsy Palmer, for instance, can just... Um, I'm a real, I am actually a really good cry. Like, I can kind of do it, not on demand, but like, I can get myself into that place quite well. I just, I just think of something really sad and, you know, dif- different oh, things. Probably to be a honest. Yeah, probably a horse is in my life. A horse dying. A horse dying or something. She's, in, she's crying now. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's sort of like usually something reasonably bad's happened within the past couple of years. So you just kind of picture yeah, that. Yeah, just picture that. And that it way, sounds yeah. awful, but you do. It's it always just good gets to have a cry. You, there, you know. Um, and then you obviously did, well, you obviously, you did a film called Lead Belly. It's called Lead Belly, isn't yeah, it? Not yeah. Lead Belly. No, Lead Belly. Because I thought they spelled it yeah. wrong. Yeah. In 2019 so with Jamie Logan covering homelessness, which is a really important subject. Yeah. How was that? That was brilliant. So I got a call from Jamie who said, would you like to play like my ex-wife in the film? So I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So it's about, he plays um, a veteran who has left the army because he's got shrapnel in his stomach, hence lead belly, that's the name. Um, and he's become homeless, he's an alcoholic and a drug addict. And um, he's really struggling with it. And his ex-wife still really cares for him and she's there for him all the time. Um, but it's their relationship and the struggles that they have. But also, um, it just, I think it's, it's not really talked about enough, the struggle that the people have once they do leave the army. And yeah, I have yeah. close friends who've been through that. One of my really good friends, Craig, um, I actually got him to go down the set every day and he was with Jamie and met with Jamie quite a few times because um, he's been through it himself. And he said, the first time he read the script, I sent it to him, he burst into tears. Oh, wow. And he just said, this means so much to me, Sammy. Um, and the premiere, the small premiere that we had for it, Lots of veterans came. Oh, that's and amazing. we got a standing ovation. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, which was I fantastic. think that's what our job is brilliant at, is that we can bring... I mean, in soap especially, actually, because it's in people's lounges every day, like, you can just bring issues to the forefront, can't you? Yeah. In a kind of... Really kind of... I mean, that's amazing with Lead Belly, but with soap, isn't it? You Because you can build those stories. I think, like, with... At the moment, both soaps have been doing domestic violence, EastEnders yep. and Corrie, and just the effect... Absolutely. That has. And luckily, because soaps never talk to each other, I don't think about storylines. And they did it with a young girl in EastEnders and with a much older woman in yeah. um, Coronation Street. And it's actually quite amazing that you can have that. Well, if you think, if you're somebody going through, whether it is a miscarriage or, or something horrific in your life, if, especially if you're someone who doesn't necessarily talk to people about it, which a lot of people don't. So if you see someone on TV going through that, and even it's a weird link in a way because it's just someone on a screen, but it's seeing someone else going through it, and it's understanding it's not just you. You're not alone. No, people yeah. go through this. Other people go through it as well. And I think I remember the storylines I've had. Um, you know, when I couldn't walk, my character, and and the miscarriage stuff. I got so many letters about that. Um, That's incredible, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. And loads of letters from people who had run over their head. Teacher. Yeah, teacher. You really helped yeah, me. Yeah, I killed my head You really helped me well. hide it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. And uh, I saw you, I mean, you've done things, I think as well, like pantomime is not, I don't think it is seen as being rubbish anymore because actually yeah. pantomimes are amazing. And like, because yeah. Ian McClellan brought them to the West End and stuff yeah. and yours was incredible because I always go again, you go, right, I'm going to go and see my friend and, yeah. oh God, please let it be good. Yeah, because you because we've been we've been to things that haven't been good as well, haven't yeah, we? Of and we seen our friends afterwards going, oh, the yeah. lighting was just yeah. stunning. But the panto was great. Like they're really good productions, aren't they? Yeah, I had the bet. Like again, I think panto gets a lot of stick, but the amount of time you get to rehearse and put on a show like that, which is all comedy essentially, so it's comic timing. Yeah, which is really hard. Laugh. Yeah. So and people's demands are so high now. I think yeah. because they can watch so much online. To yeah. Pay money to go to a theatre. Yeah. Like, it has to be good. So it has to be good. You've got to make people laugh, dance, sing, change costumes 165 times. <laughs> um, and it's it's really hard. But, I mean, like, the guy that played um, oh, Buttons, Oh, yes, Lewis, he was amazing. Divine, I think it always depends on... Normally, because you play the role that's normally played by someone rubbish, because normally Cinderella's not the famous person. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. normally, like... You're hanging on for the Danes and the Buttons. Oh, normally yeah, it's okay. the Buttons that's kind of the famous man. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Or the bad person. Yeah. It's not normally Cinderella. So, and actually go, how mad that most productions of Cinderella yeah. just put like a local Am Amdram artist in the role of Cinderella. Yeah, I know. Like, I didn't have a huge amount of like funny lines and things like that. A few here and there. But, um, you know, I was saying before about like, you really have to rely on someone on stage. And Lewis, who played Buttons, was he's done so many shows 
that if he saw me panicking or knew that I'd he forgotten just, the line, yeah. he'd go in yeah. straight away. And I think if I didn't have that for my first panto, oh, I would have crumbled so many times. But it turned out all right. It was good. It was brilliant. It was and I'm jealous. That's why I want to be a soap star because I'd love to do panto. <laughs> she can just do it. Should we do my friend, uh, should I say, my friend Simon, who was on CBBC years ago, he still does panto. Yeah. Which he like has a normal job now in the yeah. year. And then just goes off to do theatre at the week, uh, yeah. not the weekend, at Christmas. Well, Sammy, it's been amazing to speak to you. We're now going to pour some vodka <laughs> and see in the new year. Yeah. So happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy. I've already had one, everyone. Uh, happy New Year to everyone and love you loads. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. I've had the best time. Well, thank you. <laughs> Well, I couldn't ask for more than to finish series one with one of my best mates. Thank you so much to Sammy Winwood, And thank you for listening and supporting Soap from the Box. It was a little idea I had in lockdown. It's grown and grown. It's been an amazing success and it's all thanks to you. So I really, really do appreciate it and I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be having a little break, just need a bit of time off and I need to record some more podcasts. So we'll be back with series two very soon. Keep an eye out on social media at Soap from the Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And the exciting news is I'll also be back with a brand new podcast revealed now called Pop From The Box, where I'll be speaking to pop stars of years gone by. I am so excited. Thank you so much to David, Stevens and The Bothy for all their edit and technical wizardry over the whole series. One of my best mates couldn't do it without him. And as I said, thank you and have a brilliant new year and see you soon. (laughs) 